I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. This has been unprecedented times, but it's now time to start moving forward with caution but balanced approach. And we should have fans at the cup final at Hamden. I'm sure everybody involved in football would do their utmost to help them to try and allow a certain amount of fans into the cup final. I think there's a concerted effort going on to make something happen and, and let's hope there's some positive news. The Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Hosted by Rob McLean, Stephen Cregan and John Hartson. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808 17 17 700. Let's go! Eleven days away from the Scottish Cup final, and the breaking news this afternoon is that there will be fans at Hamden to watch Hibs against St Johnston. It's a week on Saturday. The National Stadium, of course, is being taken over by UEFA ahead of the Euros. The Scottish FA have finally asked the question, and uh, Crags, uh, they've got the answer. It's not going to be big numbers, but we're going to have fans at Hamden for the Cup final. It's progress. And I think the you know the last year, 18 months, people have had in general in life, never mind just football, Rob, this just further enhances the belief that there's light at the end of the tunnel, there's something that people love going to see, which is football, their sport, they follow their team. So to get fans in through the door, I'm not too sure the SFA would have asked off their own back. Maybe the pressure might have came from somewhere else. However, we've got to where we want to get to. Fans at the cup final is great news. Another day, another list of award nominations for Rangers. The PFA Scotland uh, awards this time. Goldson left out, Kent drafted in alongside McGregor, Tavernier and Davis voted for by the players. It's a big prize to win and we have with us a man who's won it, of course, John Hartson and no great surprise um, that it's dominated again by Rangers, the nominations, John, but maybe a surprise that Goldson is edged out. Well, actually, Goldson would have been my player of the year, to be honest with you. So he's not going to win that one, I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> exactly right, yeah. But he's not in the running uh, this year, which is slightly uh, slightly surprising for me. But listen, the Rangers players have had a great season. And you, you, could, you could almost pick any one of the four, you know, that are in the running. You know, um, Kent again, people are, are saying maybe Goldson rather than Kent, but... Kent is that game changer, isn't he? You know, he's the one that can do something special for you when the game's a bit dull or not going anywhere. But um, no, again, um, it generally goes to the team that wins the title. You know, the awards generally yeah. go to that team. So I'm not surprised it's uh, Rangers will clean up this year on the awards. Yeah, and it could be could have been any of six, seven, eight Rangers mm. players. Yeah. You would imagine could could have been on that list. But but this one that I think is really special, isn't it? To the winner, you won it in 2005. You shared it with the the, the late great Fernando Rickson. Yeah. Um, and because it's it's the players' player, and that must feel really good. Yeah, it's it's voted by the players that you're coming up against um, every week. You know the players that you're going to battle against and everything else, and for them to 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 you know to get the players vote is very it is it's the best one for me. It's a, you know for your fellow peers to to respect you what the season that you've had that particular season, and I still can't get my head around how it was 
exactly the same amount of votes. Surely me or what Fernando... What are you suggesting? No, but surely myself or Fernando, God rest his soul, um, would have had one more vote than the other one. Mm. I couldn't quite, you know, even if Fernando got it, but to come up with the exact yeah. same amount of, of votes, it was a bit bit strange, but... Can you not just accept a share of the award? No. Half of the award? No. All right, OK. Well, you... I didn't vote for you that year, John, just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> that could have tipped the balance. Well, I probably could have, yeah, but I decided to go somewhere else. But, um, yeah, Ryan Kent in um, and Conor Goldson not in. And um, I'm, a, I'm with John here that, that uh, you know, Conor Goldson is high up on... And I think my list of, mm. of top players this season, but 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 I do understand why Ryan Kent is in because probably when you think about Rangers players at the moment and and who carries the biggest price tag, um, it would be Ryan Kent, wouldn't it? Plus, who's the biggest threat during the game when you play against Rangers? I would imagine most opposition teams pinpoint Ryan Kent. And the thing about him I like is there's more to come. You know, he had a little dip after Christmas. I think yeah. Rangers as a team had a little dip with regards to level of performance. They still won games and they still drew games and. You know, they were comfortable, but they didn't have that same spark that they had pre-Christmas. And I think that coincided with him having a little dip in form. Suddenly then, when he started the opposite performances, um, what was the European game? Antwerp, away from home, came on at halftime, and it absolutely lit the game up. And it's no surprise then that his Rangers teammates followed. So, there's more to come from him. If Rangers could keep him for another year to 18 months, I think they'll see the best of him, and the price tag could then just keep going north because he's got so much potential. Yes, he's a top-class player, but he's got so much potential still to come that um, he's the one you would pay money to go and watch. Just the one that entertains, takes people on, wants to have shots. But I would still like to see him be a bit more positive even in the final third. If he squares up defenders, don't pass the ball. Take him on and make something happen because he's definitely got the ability to do so. You could also say, Rob, you could also say Rangers going forward have been great. You know, they chipped in with goals, the strikers. Um, but they've conceded 13 goals. Yeah. You know, and that that's that's exceptional in terms of um, you know, Goldson. If there was a if there was a trophy for most improved player, it, it for me it would have gone to Goldson. You know what I I do a column somewhere, John, I'm not jumping in, but I said yeah. that last week. I think yeah. he's Rangers' most improved player. Mm -hmm. From where he was and where he's got to now, you're spot on. Yeah, and as, as a back four, you know, um, you know, Patterson's come in for the injured um, Tavernier for a long period mm. of the season. Uh, you know, I, I just think, you know, Hollander or, or, or Balogun alongside Goldson, I just think they've, they've, they've gone out to keep clean sheets. They've worked, you know, on the training ground. That's that's not just come overnight. Mm. You know, they've worked in terms of being in sync, their position when they come out together, when they drop. Um, and Barisic at, at left back as well. He, he's an outstanding player with a great delivery you know on what? that left side. I feel a little bit for him because he's that good also, Barisic. Yeah. I think because of what Tavernier does and his numbers maybe at times takes away from the focus of Barisic, but you know, the, the consistency in his game, considering where he was when he first came and he couldn't get a game and Stephen Gerrard said he's going to have to toughen up, you know, he's going to have to ride it, he's going to have to improve. And now suddenly, with that new contract, what, 18 months, two years ago, he's going to the Euros with, with Croatia. He's a top-class talent. And we keep talking about Rangers may have to sell someone. He could be the one that could draw big money from somewhere in Europe. We're talking football for the next couple of hours. Surprise, surprise on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Uh, and you can talk football with us. 0808 17 17 700. Text go on your message to 87474 on the socials at Go Football Show. Uh, you can get involved in that discussion. Who's your player of the season? Who's in your team of the season? How many Rangers players are in the team of the season? Who's the manager of the season off the back of a weekend in which uh, Callum David 
Davidson and St Johnston have gone a step closer to a double cup winning season. How remarkable would that be uh, if they could pull that one off? What about uh, the news, the breaking news uh, that there will be fans at Hamden for the Scottish Cup final in 11 days time between that St Johnston team and Hibs playing for the final trophy of the season. Uh, other news of course that uh, Scotland will be without Kenny McLean at the Euros, not generally a starter for Stevie Clark, but he does tend to feature in most games. It's a blow, but does it open the door for another midfielder? Who should that be? Well, we'll, have, uh, we'll be hearing from Stephen Gerrard and from uh, James Tavernier and from the interim Celtic boss, uh, John Kennedy, in the course of the show. And here are his thoughts on the claims of David Turnbull to be in that Scotland squad and maybe in that Scotland team. Yeah, I think he's shown he's he's ready to perform on that level. He's come in, he's been you know terrific for us. Obviously, Steve has the selection, but mm. you know if an opportunity presents itself for David to be involved, he's you know he will handle that no problem. Technically, he's more than good enough to play at an elite level, um, and he's got better and improved his performances as well as uh, as the seasons progress. So he's now at stage now where he's probably ready for that step. You know, whether Steve decides to take him or not, it'll be his call. Is he ready? Yeah, I would my opinion would be yes. Well, Craigs, you could possibly sit in the mastermind chair and do yeah. two minutes on David Turnbull, uh, and you've been championing his cause for a long time, both the, the impact that you knew he was going to have at Celtic, um, and I think we've, we've all been a bit surprised that he wasn't in the last Scotland squad, and, and we'd fully expect him surely to be in this one. Well, you'd like to think he's certainly in contention for it. You know, when you look at, um, you know, Ryan Jackout, Scott McTominay potentially playing as a centre-half. You've got John McGinn, Callum McGregor, Ryan Christie, John Fleck and Stuart Armstrong. As much as that's a strong midfield, it's five players and you're using three per, uh, per game. So I would like to think there's a place there for David Turnbull to go in. And I keep saying he's different and people keep saying he isn't. But, you know, Ryan Christie can play as a 10. Uh, Kenny McLean, John McGinn can play as a 10. But David's a different technical player, I think, to those. He doesn't have the same dynamism as some of them. But he has the awareness, he has the ability to take the ball, he has the ability to find space, he gets shots off from distance, he can take set plays, he's lovely at threading little balls through, whether it's on the ground or, or flicking over the top of defenders, so he's creative. And if Scotland are going to be a team that in the Euros, they're not going to be expansive, they're not going to go and have lots of possession and dominate the game. So it may boil down to one or two big moments in the game, when you need that player to have the shot, to play the pass... Uh, to have this corner kick or free kick it could boil down to one piece of individual brilliance that could win you a game by a single goal to nil and I believe David has got more than enough in his locker to be that player Yeah I think as a Scotland fan I, I think I'd like to see him uh, in the squad I'd like to see him on the pitch um, a fair bit in those Euros as well because um, as you just say I think he's just got that X factor that can maybe uh, win Scotland a game, get Scotland a point, uh, whatever. It's a big blow, obviously, John, for Kenny McLean. I mean, it's heartbreak, isn't it? Yeah. It's been so long, 23 years since Scotland last qualified mm -hmm. for a major finals. Kenny McLean would have been a big part of the squad, no doubt about it. And he, and he'll be inconsolable that he's not going to be involved. Yes, he will. You know, he's 29 years of age. Um, Norwich, the club, uh, his parent club where he's at, is... Um, They've had a mag magnificent season. They're going into the Premier League next season as well. So he'll have been a part of that. Mm. Um, he obviously misses out at club level as well. But no, you do feel for him uh, because it's you know it's been so long since uh, Scotland qualified for a major tournament. They've eventually gone and done it, and it's 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 a big blow for him to miss out. But going back to uh, to Turnbull as well, um, I just think technically. 
Of all the players you've got in there, the Crags just mentioned, you know, Armstrong, Christie, McGinn. I just think Turnbull, technically, in terms of taking free kicks and just coming up with magic little moments in mm. the game. Since he's come in at, to Celtic, I think the back end of November, struggled initially with it. Somebody said he wasn't quite fit. But once he got in, it was ridiculously hard then to leave him out. Mm. Because he almost said, I'm in here, you know, leave me out at your peril. Drop me at your peril, if you like. He wasn't coming out of the Celtic team. So he shows me he's got a bit of determination about him as well. You know, he's got that strength and he, he, he believes in how good he yeah. is. He knows yeah. he's a good player. Yeah, and he's, and he's come through the absolute torture of his move initially from Motherwell to Celtic, yeah. falling through, having to go through surgery. And those doubts in your mind, you know all about them, John, the doubts that, that start creeping into your mind about how you're going to come back. Are you going to be the same player when, when you come back? Will the move happen when you come back? And, it, and it's all, thankfully for David Turnbull, come through. Yeah, and he, he's got that, just that little bit of extra guile, I think. And and them players you named, Craigs, are, are really, really good players. Yeah. And maybe maybe Steve Clark is thinking of, of a certain system, of a certain style that he wants to play. And the players that he has now fit that sort of style, if you like. And Turnbull, he doesn't quite see a place for Turnbull in, in that sort of formation, mm. style, whichever way he wants to play. Only Steve Clark can answer that question, but you've got his manager there who sees him every day in training, John Kennedy. Yeah. You know, he's making a big play for him. And I'd be surprised if Steve Clark don't take him um, to the Euros. Yeah, you know, you talk about the shape of it. And I understand probably Scotland will defend deep at the Euros. So they'll want ball carriers, they'll want people with energy to get themselves up the pitch. Yeah. Which is fine, having runners and getting people up and down. But sometimes you need someone to grab hold of the ball and allow your runners to get forward. And I think he kind of brings that into it. David's got an arrogance, but it's in football terms because he knows he's good. He hasn't got arrogance off the pitch where he walks about with a swagger and telling me about how good he is. He talks on the pitch like that. That's yeah. how his body language is. Give me the ball. Yeah. I'll yeah. make something happen. Got he's got swagger on He the, has. He knows he's good. Yes. Yeah. He knows but not he's in a bad way. But yeah. not in a bad way where you think he's not a nice kid. He's a great kid. But yeah. what I'm saying is he knows he's good. So give him the ball. Yeah, and he's got yeah. match winning qualities. He has. Yes. And, and you want that. You want that on the but pitch, he, don't and you? And he showed it. Yeah. He showed it this season. He yeah. showed it in the band. See, when he came through at Motherwell, John, there was a couple of senior players. I wouldn't name them. We spoke to them and they said, it's great. He comes and takes the ball off you and he doesn't give you it back. <laughs> you know, yeah. normally you give it yeah. in the midfield and pop the back in a centre. You know, I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. He turns and does something else. He said, it's great. He just, you know, takes the pressure off and allows the team to get forward. There was youngsters at Celtic like that when I when I was at Celtic. People like Sean Maloney and Jamie Smith, they'd come in and they'd train with the first team. And he knew that they were going to end up going on and becoming first team players. They, they had that swagger, They John. had it. They had a yeah. little Sean, he had it. You know, he'd stay out with a bag of balls, you know, every other day to practice on the, on the technical side. And he had wonderful technique, Sean Maloney. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he, he's... He reminds me a little bit when I see Turnbull play. He just knows he belongs at that level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he says, you know, leave me out. You can't leave me out. I'm too good to be left yeah. out. Look at you daft if you leave him out, you know. There will be fans, of course, uh, for Scotland against the Czech Republic. And as of a couple of hours ago, well, even probably even more recent than that, to be honest, uh, there are going to be fans, we hear, at the Cup final in 11 days' time. St Johnston against Hibs uh, and UEFA have given permission for what they say a limited number of fans to attend. Uh, it had seemed that supporters wouldn't be permitted uh, to go to the game because, of course, the stadium comes under UEFA control from the 14th of May ahead of Euro uh, 2020. That despite Scottish Government rules, of course, allowing crowds at outdoor events from Monday of at least five 
100. Uh, the question finally has been asked, and there will be fans. We're hearing the, the number that's being thrown at us at the moment is possibly 900, but, but anything, Craig's, is going to be good. We don't care. Listen, I've said it before on the show. I was at the Irish Cup final, I think 31st of July or 30th of July um, last year. And there was 250 fans each from each club. They were separated, but it just felt like a game. There was a bit of an atmosphere mm-hmm. at it when someone scored. That you know there was a cheer. You've also been at a Ross, a Ross County Wait, game where there were 300. Exactly, which league games are fine, but I just think the Scottish Cup final is the the showpiece event at the end of the season, Rob. You know, and I, and I think UEFA. I'm, I'm glad they went along with it, but some countries are at different stages with regards to COVID. What stage they're at and how their numbers are. And Scotland is you know doing quite well. So why not reward the country for doing well and allow people into the football game? So I think it's a huge step forward and hopefully next season it will increase. Really encouraging, John. Great news to hear that. It is. And I think as long as they put the you know the crowd mics, as long as they put the crowd mics where the fans are. Yeah. And you'll hear John, the noise. That'll never catch on. You, you, you. <laughs> we did the Ross County Celtic game early on in the season and um, there was, I think there was 300 people allowed. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Roy McGregor was was desperate to get some fans like a pilot, see how, see yeah. how it goes. And it makes such a difference because generally now you watch a game of football and all you can do is maybe you one or two of the players shouting at each other or you know, ordering some bad language. Uh, and all you can, you, can, <laughs> you, you can hear the managers, the coaches from the sidelines, you know, yeah. giving orders or whatever, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But it's generally so quiet and it's, it's, it's a bit strange. I think everyone will admit it's been a bit strange without fans. Yeah, the restrictions are easing and we'll be, yeah. able, and we'll be able to hug each other mm-hmm. next week. Isn't that good news, John? Fantastic. I, just, I love a hug, Rob. I well, do I like know, a hug. I know you love a hug. Yeah. Crags, yeah? Well, since we came back here in August, I've been desperate to give you a hug so I can. Oh, right. excellent. I, I was actually just giving that out as a warning just in case you wanted to uh, unbook yourself from the show next week because uh, anyone that comes within range is going to be getting a hug. That's what we do as well as talking football. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. And he's back in about 20 minutes' time with a, an update. Uh, if you are on the move and you want to know where not to go and uh, where is pretty clear. Uh, 25 minutes into the Goat Radio football show with OPC Energy Limited. Rob McLean, Stephen Cragen and John Hartson at your service. Uh, join us uh, for the football chat. 0808 17 17 700. What do you want to talk about? Do you want to react to the news that the Scottish Cup final is going to have fans? Maybe not too many, but at least there will be uh, some supporters Inside the National Stadium for St. Johnston against Hibs, which is a week on Saturday, of course. The Scottish FA asked the question and they got the appropriate answer. Um, and what's screaming at me at the moment, I'm feeling really happy that there are going to be fans inside, but I'm just wondering whether the question, Crags, could have been asked a little bit further back. Well, it should have been. No doubt about it. Uh, whether that's been, you know... Know, fast forwarded a little bit because of Wembley potentially holding the Champions League final. You just wonder does that come into consideration also with with Scotland being part of the UK? You think, oh well, you know maybe that's viable up there as well. So um, ultimately, we've got to the right decision. Mm-hmm. Listen, when suddenly on the fourteenth of June there's going to be what as many as twelve thousand fans going into Hampden Park. Surely at some stage they would have wanted a test event beforehand, Rob, mm. just to make sure if there's any issues that need ironed out. It didn't have to be 12,000 going to the final, but some sort of number. And the Scottish FA should have been pushing publicly. Listen, they may have been doing it privately, asking the question, but certainly you know, they should have had the weight of everyone in Scotland behind them to try and make it happen. 
because things have been done right here. You know, football fans have had to be patient. It's a showpiece event. It was, you know, desperate to get people in just to give everyone a little bit of hope. It did seem, didn't it, as if there was a, a there was a lot of acceptance at the Scottish FA that this was the way it was that UEFA were taking control of Hamden. There couldn't be any fans in because of the because of the dates involved with the European Championships upcoming. What's happened, of course, recently is John lots of public pressure. Um, lots of people saying let's get some fans in here let's really push for it we've been pushing on this show uh, for fans at the cup final for some considerable time and also as Craig says the the fact that the Champions League final has been shifted to Wembley or is about to be it seems from, 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 from Istanbul Portugal maybe yeah yeah but but you know so if there are fans for that which is one of the stadia of course for uh, the European Championships why not Hamden? Exactly. Well, as Craig said, you are getting 12,000 in. There will be 12,000 fans in there for the Euros. Um, but again, it just goes to show pu- public pressure. Yeah, people well. power. Yeah, people power. That's right. You know, it makes a big difference. Um, but no, I'm just delighted we've, we, you got you got fans in the, in the grounds because football's not the same without fans. It, it really, really is. And some of the games... You know the players can can perform, and you're sitting at home thinking great. But when you're at the ground and and the atmosphere is there, and and it's a shame this season we've had how many times have Celtic played Rangers this season, you know, and and Rangers have cleaned up in terms of the the results. Yeah. But you know, in terms of if, if the fans were there, you know, on for both sides, you know, you, yeah. you just it's, it's a great spectacle to be at. You know, every game is different, different results. Yeah. Um, I mean that game is that yeah. game is unreal when you play it in front of it in an, in an empty stadium. And, and Craig, you and I were at the, the two Scottish Cup semi-finals at the yeah. weekend. Um, and, and there's something totally weird about <laughs> watching a Cup semi-final, you know, w- with those wide open spaces. There is. And, you know, John's talking about the old firm games and the big crowds, but you think of St. Johnson lifting the League Cup final. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the League Cup trophy. Some supporters might never see St. Johnson ever lift a trophy again. Mm-hmm. And the one season that they do... Until a week on Saturday, well, you mean? Well, <laughs> well potentially, yeah, you know. But yeah. you know, if they don't win that one, then you, know, you think they've waited, what, 140 years for two trophies, I think it is. You yeah. know, potentially could have three within, you're right, within, what, 11 days. But also just the fact as a player going to Hamden, not facing one of the old firm in a final or a semi-final and thinking, we've got a real chance. And I think the fans would have got that kind of mindset also going and thinking well you're not playing Rangers not playing Celtic we've got a chance of getting through so you mm. want to take your family just in case it's a momentous day that you can remember so yeah. listen it is what it is it's, yeah. not, it's not anyone's fault you know Covid's been here it's you know left it's, a lot it's of not just memories. football it's not no, it's just not. football Life you know I know where that we're generally we're a football show you go radio but in general it's sport you know it's mm. rugby it's cricket it's big golf. events yeah, yeah. We, we saw the tournament the big tour Rory McIlroy won the golf tournament the watched them, yeah. and there was like you know, a couple of hundred, a couple of thousand fans. Yeah. Um, it just makes a massive difference. John Hartson, Stephen Craig and Rob McLean, the Go Radio Football Show for a Tuesday night with OPC Energy Limited. And let's talk to Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Hi, guys. How's it going? Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, yeah. I'm, I think I've got a load of Celtic fans. I'm just looking for this season to be over. Yeah. Mm. Um, what would you like um, to say, Jordan, uh, John Hartson, Stephen Craig and on the show tonight? Uh, well, just just a bit off topic of what we've been talking about. Um, I just wondered, with the delay that's happening at Celtic, it's taken that long for them to announce a manager. Do you reckon they've all but given up on any sort of European run this year because they've left it a bit late? I know how long it takes the boys to get into the shape and get the new manager embedded. And the first qualifiers are usually round about what July or August time. So, yeah, do the boys reckon Celtic will have enough time to actually mount a challenge. John. 
Well, I think it all depends, Jordan, how quick now they can go and name the next manager, the new manager, and how quick he can do his business. Basically, if he can get four or five in and get six or seven out, then you know you might be looking at almost a new team, an exciting new team with four or five of the other players that you have at the minute who definitely stay, the likes of McGregor, um, the likes of Turnbull, these type of guys. Hopefully, they may well get Christopher Ayer on a contract. We just don't know. And I, I just think, Jordan, yeah, you know, you're sounding very um, negative, and I'm negative as well about the whole season. It's difficult to get excited about anything this season. But it could change around quickly. We go and get a top manager in like Eddie Howe. All of a sudden, mm. he brings one or two staff along with him. There's a feel-good factor then at the club. Let him go and do his business. Give him the finances. You know, give him uh, the budget to go and get another four or five players in. All of a sudden, you're looking at, whoa, we look a good team again now. We go and get a couple of exciting names, a couple of decent players uh, from down south or whatever he goes and buys them from. And it, we might just get a different picture, Jordan. I know I know it's difficult at the minute. We only got a new manager in place. Yeah, well, well he, here's John Kennedy speaking today. Yeah. He's still uh, the interim manager. There's still no news on a permanent replacement for Neil Lennon. So what about the future? Uh, nothing. I've, I've actually had no discussions over my future at all. Yeah, it's in the back of my mind, but I don't allow it to affect me on a daily basis, especially as, uh, as time's got nearer. I've always thought, right, OK, it's, it's to the end of the season. So, you know, certainly after... We deal with the game on Saturday. It was the first thing, you know, I go and seek answers to. But again, it's it's something. We've got two games in this week. I don't want it to be a distraction, you know, on my behalf of the players or anyone else. Uh, we just want to approach the games in the right manner. Uh, and what will be will be. I'm not one who, you know, stresses too much. I trust, you know, whatever happens next, I can go and handle that. It's been a difficult position, Jordan, hasn't it, uh, for John Kennedy? Yeah. And, and he does communicate really well. Thankfully, he communicates uh, really well and tells you what's happening. But there's not a lot he can tell us at the moment. He's caught in the middle of it all. Um, and, you know, the only one thing we know for sure is that, that it's not going to be him. No, 100%. As, as John Kennedy has done as well as anyone could have done um, after Lennon uh, left. So, but I don't think he's the man to take us forward. Like John says, if we can get a decent manager in who can actually implement a, a good, well-thought-out system like Eddie Howe, then I think we've, we've definitely got a chance of at least uh, making it a, a proper title challenge next year, which is a strange thing to say after the last 10 years. But I don't, as, as much as I'd love Kennedy to stay on, I think he's great with the players, and you can see the players respect him, but I don't think he's the man. He should be the man in charge. Has he, has he, has he done well enough in charge? Do you think? I know it's been difficult. So. Well, there you go. You know, everybody's saying, oh, I think Kennedy's done well. Kennedy's done this, he's done that. He mm. comes across well. Yeah, well, he does come across well. I mean, I, I think he's well. communicated well. But he would have to be culpable in what's happened at Celtic, yeah. not just this season, but going back further as well, because he's he's been a big part of the coaching setup. He is, and he's sure. a central defender, and a lot of Celtic's issues. Yes, they've squandered chances at one end, but they've also lost really cheap goals in, from set plays, crags at the other end. Yeah, and you know it was obvious from early in the season they were conceding goals from cross balls and from set plays, and it wasn't rectified, and it's been allowed to continue even into when John's taken over. You know whether he had an influence before or not, you know it's possibly up for debate. But certainly when he's in charge of the team, he has. You know, so that'll be disappointing from his perspective. But just touching on Jordan's time frame, you know about our selling running out of time. I would reckon Jordan they'll be back training in six weeks' time. So their pre-season will yeah. start in six weeks' time. The Champions League, I think, is 20th or 21st of July, which is 10 weeks today. 
So I think you're spot on with your time frame that things have to move quick. John's talking about bringing in five or six players, losing five or six. I think Celtic could possibly need 10 or 11 players to come in. If they want to really get back to the stage of where they were last year or last season, the season before, consistent in every position, two players for every position, take into consideration Callum McGregor, Ryan Christie if he stays, David Turnbull, James Forrest, Greg Taylor, could be at the Euros may not be back until the end of June. They will need some sort of break before. So they could be out of Champions League qualifiers also. Yeah. So suddenly now it starts to look a wee bit concerning. I agree with you. Is it John Horson, is it mission impossible for Celtic in terms of Champions League qualifiers? You know, they're coming up quickly. Yeah. It's going to be Celtic will be unseeded in the early rounds of those of those qualifiers. You know, are are we talking about a Celtic side that will drop out of those Champions League qualifiers and Europa League becomes a more viable proposition for them. Do you sell? Do you see Celtic coming through well, Champions only, League qualifiers? It all depends what they do. We, we, we're all um, we're all totally waiting for something to happen. If a, if a manager was in place and the manager was given carte blanche to go in with an open checkbook mm. by by Dermot Desmond to say right, we need proper players. This is a club that requires proper players, players that can take the ball, quality players, yeah. preferably internationals. Now, we've not got £15 million to spend on a centre-forward, but there's players out there that you could go, you can go and get. Rangers have done it yeah. in the last three or four years under Gerard. They've picked up good signings, good players. And you're asking me a question, a little bit hypothetical. Because yeah, yeah, well, OK, well, I'll, I'll throw some facts at you then. The yeah. fa- and the facts are that Celtic have got uh, an underperforming squad at the moment. A lot of them will leave. Uh, yeah, the, the, all, that, all, all that change has to take place. Yeah. There is no permanent manager. We don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Yeah. What we do know, as, as Craigs has just told us, is that there's a very short time frame now uh, between where we are, which for Celtic is pretty miserable, the season has long ago fizzled out. Yeah. They've got loads to do. They haven't much got much time to do it. And we're talking here Champions League qualifiers. Well, you look at this season. We had a strong squad and we went out to Ferenc Varos. So you, you can get knocked out of competitions. You can go through co- in competitions. I just think a lot of it is about what Celtic decide to do. Why is Peter Lowell still there? Is he guiding... Um, Dominic Mackay. Dominic Mackay. What's uh, doing with Desmond? I, I would imagine he's working really hard. He'd be meeting managers here, there, and going after the one that they really, really want. And they might do some exceptional work. And all of a sudden, then, suddenly so come back, pre-season training, they get together, and they look like a new team. They yeah. look like a new team. Do you team. think they'll do that? Do you think they'll go and invest the money? Do you think they'll do all the things you've said? I don't think so. I think, <laughs> I think within that time frame... I, I, I think I'm, you know, a bit of wishful thinking from me, obviously. But that's the plan. That's what they need to do. They need to make the team stronger. They need to get a group of players that will be competitive. But you don't have faith in that happening. You don't have, you don't have a really strong only belief be, that this is going to Only because happen. of the time frame. And mm. I think they've dilly-dallied over the last couple of months with John Kennedy in charge. John's gone in. He's, he's, he's tried to galvanise them. I don't think he's done great. I think they were knocked out of the Scottish Cup by Rangers. I think if John had gone on and secured the Scottish Cup, I think he, he, he'd have made more people around him think Celtic fans, oh, well, John's done really, really well. He's got a little bit of something other than the fact that we know he's a good coach. We know that he comes across well. I think if you ask John himself, how well do you think you've done, John? He can't say I've done really well. They got thumped to Rangers at the, a couple of weeks ago, 4-1. Let's ask him. Let's ask him because he was asked the question about the experience of being in charge of Celtic today. 
it's been good. You know, it's been, again for me, I've always been in a position at the club where I've been challenged. I've always felt I've been progressing through different roles and responsibilities and everything else. I mean, as much as it's been a tough period, you know, especially with the, the way the league's gone and the situation in the games and everything else, it's, it's been good for me in terms of being exposed to that personally, you know, coming through it with that experience as well, which will only, you know, help myself in the future. So I've enjoyed it as much as it's been tough going. I've enjoyed the, the challenges of it and we'll just kind of see what happens next. I get the feeling, Jordan, you're pretty downbeat about uh, the the prospects here for Celtic. You're genuinely uh, worried. But is the reality that Celtic fans will buy up the season tickets anyway? I, I think they just, I think what most, I know what I want is just something from the board, just something concrete that we can put our faith in. At the minute, they released a statement the other day which pretty said nothing. Um, and I think that's what's frustrating fans is the fans have invested thousands of pounds even in the last year when people haven't been working haven't been able to get in the ground and it feels like that faith isn't being repaid I think that's the frustration that's what's getting me down about the whole situation yeah. and I think a lot of Celtic fans John do you, do you agree with that did the, did the Celtic statement that they put out a couple of weeks back did, did, did that say anything for Not you? really I mean you know let's be honest yeah. we have on this show plenty of Celtic fans have complained about a complete lack of communication from anyone inside the club to them so at least it was an attempt at making contact but John what did it say? It didn't say a lot it didn't announce a new manager um, I have no doubt they are working hard to get the right man in um, I've no doubt about that it's just taking a little bit of time we, we, we heard a few weeks ago on you Rob that Eddie Howe is still getting paid. He's on gardening leave. So that might affect him signing a contract with Celtic. He's, he's got to wait until his his contract that he had with Bournemouth is... is and is, then, of course, the question is why have Celtic not bought him out of that? Well, if that, if that is the case. Yeah. Again, you can ask all these questions, but it didn't say an awful lot because the Celtic fans want a new manager in as soon as we can so we can start getting to work. I think the weekend one would suggest, Rob, that they have someone and there's a hold up summer that was what they said was it the weekend or before the weekend Jordan will probably be able to back that up along the lines of yeah. be patient with us we know what we're doing basically yeah. you know there's a few things moving so that would tell me they've got their man picked they're waiting for some hurdle to get over it could well be the Garden Lee one John's talking about I don't know but it seems that they have the man sorted out but surely if it costs you an extra half a million pounds to go and get him surely you go and do it and get it in now because the bigger picture is Celtic have to hit the ground running next year. You don't want to be a Celtic manager taking over and the first thing you do is get knocked out of the Champions League playoff rounds or the Champions League qualifying yeah. rounds. Suddenly you're up against it. Maybe Rangers progress and suddenly the gap gets widened and the, you know, the pressure builds. So I think they're just hyping it up and just adding even more pressure onto the manager. Celtic have a lot to do, Jordan, as a board uh, in terms of mm. backing the new manager. Because if you think you can, you can build a new team with a budget of £10 million and you try and nick players for a million here, you try and nick players for out of out of um, you know the lower leagues in England, you're going to need a shirt seller. Edward will probably move on. You're going to need somebody that somebody can say, I want his, his, his name and number on the back of my shirt. Celtic generally get one of them most years. Edward a few years ago was probably the latest one, the latest big sign in £9, £9 million from PSG when Brendan Rodgers is in charge, but generally yeah. every season you'd, you'd have to bring in a shirt seller, a centre-forward or, 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 or a top midfield player. So a lot will depend on what the club want to do, how quick do they want Celtic to respond. Two so, games to go. Uh, Jordan, I mean, it's uh, St. Johnson at Celtic Park tomorrow night. Are you caring at all about these games? 
I'll put them on, but more out of habit than anything else. I feel like if I complain, I should probably keep watching. So, yeah, well, hope things cheer up for you um, in the coming season and in the coming weeks. Surely, surely we're going to hear something uh, before too much longer. Uh, John, thanks for calling us on the Stay show. Stay positive, Jordan. Yeah, stay happy. That's uh, Jordan, uh, far from happy at the moment. Celtic fan. Uh, get involved in the football chat just like Jordan did. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Yeah, the Tuesday night edition of the show. And there is football tonight. Of course, the uh, championship playoff semi-finals in Scotland. Massive matches uh, for these teams. Airdrie against Cove Rangers. It's 1-1 from the first game up in Aberdeen. And Morton looking to turn around a 2-1 deficit at home to Montrose uh, tonight. That's a massive match in Greenock. Uh, The League One playoff semi-final Barton Strenoir are nil-nil so that one hasn't taken off yet uh, but it will tonight uh, down at the Rock and Edinburgh City against Elgin City and the team from the capital have a 1-0 advantage in that one. Of course, lots of uh, games tomorrow night that mean plenty in the Premiership. Uh, six o'clock start for Dundee United and uh, Motherwell. Then it's Livingston against Rangers. Uh, Rangers looking forward to the trophy lift at the weekend. Celtic play St Johnston. That's half past six at Celtic Park tomorrow night. A 7.45 start for Aberdeen against Hibs. Uh, Kilmarnock against St Mirren. Ross Kenty against Hamilton. That is a massive match, Crags in Dingwall, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow night and you'll be there. I will indeed, Rob, and looking at it, if Ross County can beat Hamilton and Kilmarnock lose, uh, who do they play tomorrow night? St Mirren. If Kilmarnock lose at home against St Mirren, Ross County are safe. So they could be safe tomorrow night. I think irrespective of results tomorrow night, Ross County will still have it in their own hands come Sunday to be out of 12th place. They make Possibly still end up in eleventh, uh, but huge games at the bottom, which is great. And again, we keep going about fans, but you know these games would be certainly you know well appreciated by supporters. They'd be well supported. Um, but yeah, and also I know I'm, I'm going to go off a bit here, but you know Motherwell said no, it's not like no, no. I just want to talk about Motherwell because they released a, a statement recently or in the last I don't know half hour hour saying that they made a pledge at the start of last season or start of this season that everybody who bought a season ticket would get 19 home games. They've had none. And everybody who bought a season ticket for this season will get a free season ticket for next season, mm. which I think is an incredible yeah. gesture. When you consider the financial problems clubs will have, but I think they fully appreciate their where they are in their community and they understand that mm. supporters will also be feeling the pinch. So if they made the pledge, I think there's a there's a possible scheme open for club for people to invest in the club or to put money in to buy tickets even for people who couldn't afford a season ticket. So a that's the way that's, that's the way to treat your supporters, Absolutely. isn't it? And I think you get it back. Uh, you get it back from them in, in all sorts of ways as well. Stephen Craig and John Hartson, Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show uh, on a Tuesday evening, and we've got Gary with us as well. It's Glasgow's own Go Radio, of course. Gary in the Gorbals. Hi, Gary. How you doing, guys? Hi, Gary. Yeah. Hi, Gary. Well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, as I say, just looking forward to the conclusion of the season. As I say, it's more more exciting at the bottom of the league at yeah. the moment because everything's kind of wrapped up near the top. But just to kind of give a, a sort of like a, a season review, just kind of get your opinions on like um, like best and worst team of the season, surprise package, um, player and young player, year manager of the year kind of thing. 
Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, I guess the name that's on the tip of everyone's tongue at the moment is St Johnston, isn't it? Mm-hmm. In terms of uh, teams of the season, Rangers have done uh, what they desperately wanted to do this season. They won title number 55 uh, and they've stopped Celtic and Howe, uh, making it 10 in a row for them. Uh, but I guess off the back of the weekend, uh, Gary, uh, St Johnston, I mean, incredible uh, winning the League Cup um, and they're a game away from adding the Scottish Cup to that as well, all in a really basement budget. Yeah, I mean, they, they were my... So I, I was between kind of putting them as, as my team of the season or as a surprise package of the season, I think. I put them as a surprise package because I just think, obviously getting a top six finish, um, you know, they've got one cup in the bag, one to go, it's going to be a great final and thankfully we've got some fans in the ground at hand and come come the final but to beat Rangers and at Ibrox in the way that it did you know it shows the strength and unity that, that Callum Davidson's instilled into them and yeah. and obviously um, you know despite only winning 11 games in 36 in the league so far do you know what I mean it's the cup runs it's that's really caught the eye, as you say. Yeah, and they were bottom of the league in October, so mm-hmm. even in, in that respect, it, it's some revival and they, and they could well finish fifth. Um, as Gary was saying there, in case you've just joined us, uh, there will be some fans at the Scottish Cup final in 11 days' time. Might not be very many, but uh, let's be grateful for small mercies at the moment. And uh, there are going to be fans, it seems, a UEFA having responded to a Scottish FA request they got there in the end. John, uh, team of the season for you? Team of the season would have to be Rangers, the way they've gone and disma- yeah. dismantled Celtic this season. Um, are they, was was it four wins out of six games? Is it the stats? Four out of five. Four, 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 four wins four, and four wins and a draw, wasn't it? In the yeah, five meetings four wins with and a draw. Rangers, so with Celtic. you know, Celtic haven't really been able to. Saying that they, they, they've they've had opportunities in the games. Celtic, where Rangers have been the more clinical team. Um, so, and I just think the the amount of points that uh, they they've beaten Celtic by is just currently twenty. Um, it's currently twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah. Um, See, when you look um, at when you look at, I mean, that 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 game, the last Old Firm game, that was the biggest Rangers win against Celtic in twenty years, yeah. and it's also twenty years since Celtic went through a season without winning one. Isn't that, isn't that right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So these are crushing statistics. Well, these are the aren't stuff they? that we used to do to Rangers. Yeah. When I was at Celtic, we had a whitewash one season where we we didn't get beat. Look at look at the uh, the the um, the success that Celtic have had in the previous nine years. Yeah. You know, and you think about it, Rangers should have won a treble this season. Yeah. Do, well, do you think Celtic are hurting, John? Do you think do you think oh, the Celtic players are hurting as you would have hurted you, in your day if if you'd been on the wrong end of these sort of statistics? I I would like to think so. Yes, I would. I I wouldn't like to label a player question his attitude and, and his desire and things like this. Um, I would like to think so. Yes, they are hurting, you know, uh, especially on, on the ride that Celtic have been on. Um, to, go and, to go and give up the title in the way that they have, you know, when they had that opportunity to, 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 to achieve an unprecedented tight, 10 titles in a row, it's just gone drastically wrong from, you know, all, right the way through the season. I could almost write a book on, on what's gone wrong at Celtic. Yeah, maybe not a bad idea. Mm. I'll do, <laughs> do it with you. Do you think maybe the, you know, the point you're maybe getting to, Rob, is do Celtic have enough leaders when things are going against yeah, them? Yeah, well, you know... You know when you think I, back I, to John's yeah. team, when you had Henrik, who would have, you know, his game itself just lit people up. You did Chris Sutton pulling and hauling at you. You did Neil Lennon having a nibble at you. You'd have Alan Thompson saying something. People who, when things weren't going well, would have been looking to inspire people and grab people. And, and, and Scott yeah. Brown's probably been the only one 
You know, there's no one else in the pitch, a Celtic pitch. I'm not saying to go into themselves. Maybe it's easier to kind of go into yourself a little bit and not have the three or four senior players to come at you and push you on. I've no doubt they're hurting. Of course they are. Everybody reacts in different I, ways. I guess my point was, if you're hurting enough, you get a response. Well, you do. But sometimes, you know, in games, things go against you. You know, you're not having a good game. Your confidence is low. You can't just suddenly turn around one day and say, well, that's it, I'm going to be brilliant again. And you almost have oh. to feel your way into it. And with so many players being in the exact same position, and at times looking around for a little bit of inspiration, rather than you're right, actually taking the inspiration themselves and saying, I'm going to be the one today to make this happen, and I'll be the leader of the team and make them follow me. I think a lot of them have maybe been looking about and think, well, who's going to be the inspiration? Who's going to make something happen? And then you play a game against Rangers, you lose your goal, you think, well, here we go again. We miss a chance, oh, here we go. Man sent off, oh. And suddenly everything starts to weigh down on top of you and that's then you can go into your shell a little bit. Gary, if you were looking for a quick answer, of, of course, you're, you're, you'd no chance. <laughs> no, chan no chance on this show. Uh, so, so Craig's team, of the, who, who would be your team of the season then? Oh, do you know what? Probably Rangers because of the pressure they had on them. You know, the focus they had on them. Listen, Stephen Gerrard wouldn't have been Rangers manager, I don't believe, at the end of the season if Celtic had won 10 in a row. No. So the focus and pressure on him and his players being labelled serial losers if they hadn't have won something this yeah. season. However, I agree with John's point. A lot of them will look back in years to come and think, this was a missed opportunity. We should or could have had a treble season this season. Yes, they're delighted to win one trophy, but deep down they've got to have a hunger to go again. But St. Johnson would push him very, very close. Yeah, lots of people will say that St. Johnson, if they go and win the, the Scottish Cup, um, you know, against Hibs, Hibs are a strong team this year as well. The forward players are in, in, in form, they get lots of goals. Um, then there's an argument that Callum Davidson could come into the picture, but I just an think argument? Well, it, very close to well, I'm just yeah. well, well, there is an argument because you've just said Rangers yeah. and I've said Rangers. So mm -hmm. that's, that's the yeah. argument. Yeah. You know, why, why didn't we say St. Johnson then? Well, exactly. Because we both believe yeah. Rangers, for what was at stake as yeah. well, what the pressure that Steve Gerrard was on. Yeah. The intense pressure that he Absolutely. was under. Absolutely. Yeah. There's as much pressure on Rangers to stop the 10 as it was yeah. on Celtic yeah. to, to make it happen. Yeah. Um, but, you know, people might say, there'll be a lot of people that will say St. John's, but listen, he's got to go and win the cup first. Gary, because we have failed miserably to answer uh, many of your uh, questions about uh, the reflection on the season, we only managed one answer uh, in about five or six minutes there. So what we're going to do is we're going to uh, keep you on or get you back after the news at six uh, and we're going to further go through your, your season's review um, and get some more answers out of the guys. You up for that? Yeah, no worries, Rob. Good man. That's Gary. That's Gary, uh, who's got more to come after the news at six. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Just heard from Ian McCall there during the news at six. And well done to the Park Thistle manager. The Jags came with a very well-timed run up on the stand side uh, to win the title in League One and get themselves back in the championship. And as you've just heard, big ambitions now of going uh, another step forward. The Jags see themselves as very much a, a top flight 
team. So plaudits for Ian McCall. Lots of plaudits this season, of course. Uh, for Stephen Gerrard, is he going to be the manager of the season? Uh, I think it'd be a bonus. Um, I think individual awards for me, whether it was a player or now as a manager, um, I always see them as, as a bonus. Uh, I think the competition's really strong. There's some fantastic coaches and managers in this league. Um, so I was to win it, I'd be very flattered and humbled. Of course I would, but we'll, we'll wait and see. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll answer any questions moving forward if I win it or if I don't win it, and, and we'll go from there. He's certainly getting James Tavernier's vote. Well, yeah, yeah. if I was going to say the manager of the year, you know, it's, it's been exceptional since we've came in. You know, we've been unbeaten in the league. We've won the league. Obviously, the Cups, we've not managed to, to do so well, but we know where we need to learn from and obviously how well we've done in Europe. So I'm always going to back my manager. And what we did get today, of course, was the, the nominations for the PFA Scotland uh, Player of the Season. Uh, maybe surprisingly to some, Conor Goldson left out. Ryan Kent drafted in uh, alongside McGregor, Tavernier and Davis, who were quoted, of course, uh, in the football writers' uh, nominations all to be decided, of course. So the Go Radio Football Show on a Tuesday night. Rob McLean, John Hartson, Stephen Cragen. And well, he's become part of the team, hasn't he? We should announce him in the team lineup, Gary and the Gorbals. Hi, Gary. <laughs> How you doing, Rob? Whether you like it or not, you're part of the team lineup. So, you know, I, I realise it might affect your reputation. Just send your invoice into Go Radio. James <laughs> yeah. will look after yeah. it for you. Exactly. So, we had your part one before the news. Uh, Gary, what else are you looking for in terms of season review? We've talked about team of the season. What's your next category? Um, just in terms of almost like worst team in the league who, who, um, in terms of who do you think they'll go, go down um, for me I think although Hamilton's bought in the league I actually think Kilmarnock have been the worst team in the league um, you know I think from 36 I think they've had 22 defeats and I just think when you think how far they fell when Stevie Clark had them during that, I think it's been a massive drop in kind of the, the way they've played kind of thing and, and I don't think there's a lot separating the bottom three but and I think probably the goal difference is going to save them if, if I'm being totally honest but I, I think Kilmarnock's been probably the worst team to watch this season Well I think they've underachieved there's no doubt about it when you look at the quality of player that St Johnston have uh, sorry Kilmarnock have there's no doubt they've underachieved and but for Kyle Lafferty coming in and getting yeah. all the goals they could have already been marooned at the bottom themselves uh, it's a strange one because a lot of people say Aberdeen have dramatically under achieved this year and they probably haven't been as good as what they've been in previous seasons but if they win tomorrow night I said to you before the programme yeah. if they win tomorrow night they go level with Hibs yeah. who apparently have had a sensational season mm. so it's amazing how the narrative can change in that one guy that people say Aberdeen no they've been rubbish they've been poor they can get themselves level with Hibs tomorrow night if they beat them up at Todry. so it just shows you how sometimes when you look at things um, a little bit closer they're maybe not as bad as what they seem have Aberdeen been as good as what they can be no they haven't I think they've underachieved but Hibs have had a good season in the league they haven't been sensational they've had a good season but I think you're spot on I think Kilmarnock are the side probably who have surprised us most the fact that we're, you know, they're still involved in the in the relegation but I thought they would have had enough in their squad to be well away from that It's really tight and it's really tense isn't it going into tomorrow night's games and then we've got the weekend games uh, the bottom six play on Sunday of course and well we'll not be at all surprised if it goes right down to the wire um, tomorrow night 
Kilmarnock against St Mirren, John, uh, and Ross County against Hamilton, which is which is quite incredible for all sorts of reasons. Um, it's John Hughes against Brian Rice. They're both sitting in the stand. They're, they're both banned <laughs> yeah. at the moment for comments about about referees. But being Dingwall, they're not going to be far away from the pitch, even if they are sitting in the stand. And Will Hamilton, they've been six years in the top flight. Yeah. They, they've escaped so many times. Are they going to do it again? Well, they need to go to Ross County tomorrow night and win uh, because Kilmarnock will be desperate to get a result at home against St Mirren. Um, both managers, Brian Rice, I think, has, has done an exceptional job in keeping Hamilton on a very, very low budget um, in the previous six seasons at Hamilton. He deserves huge credit for that. Jo- um, John Hughes has come in you know, from Stuart Kettlewell this season. Uh, Ross County looked as if they were really going to struggle, but he's, he's, you know, they beat Celtic, didn't they? In the, in the, in the, uh, was it the league or the, it was they beat them both? Yeah, they, they beat them in the league the cup. League, and the cup yeah. Knocked them out the yeah. league cup, of yeah. course. Yeah, but um, you know, he's done a good job, John. But for all the points that he's picked up, they're still in the battle. Yeah. No, nobody's really got away from anybody yeah. yet. Um, yeah, three, so po- three points between really the bottom close. three. But you yeah. know, the big problem, uh, the big point is. All three teams have it in their own hands to stay up automatically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If Kilmarnock win the two games, they stay up. If uh, Ross County win the two games, they stay up. Mm-hmm. And if um, Ham- is it Hamilton, if they win, yeah, okay, you know they have to ride. But you win your two games, there's a really good chance to stay in the league. Yeah, yep. So it is there for them. Um, next, Gary, what's your what's your next question? Um, just in terms of like players of the year and young players of the year. I mean, I've got choices here, like. Um, Odson Edward, James Tavernier, Alan McGregor, Xander Clark, and Kevin Nisbet. For me, I think for player of the year, I think probably between the two goalkeepers, you know, Alan McGregor, um, I think 21 sheets across all four fronts, and um, Big Xander's, I think, 13 clean sheets over over the domestic front kind of thing. I think both of them have, have really stood out this season. Gary, are you a goalkeeper uh, by any chance? <laughs> do you know what? I'm actually. Uh, well, a winger, really. But, a winger, and um, you're picking a goalkeeper for player of the season. Definitely not. Of all the good players there's been this season, <laughs> you're picking two big daft goalies. <laughs> I think, Come on, I think entertainer. A, I think you make a great point, Gaddy, uh, with regards to Alan McGregor. We we spoke about Goldson earlier. We were a bit surprised he's not in in the in the running. Um, but Alan McGregor, you know, he, he's been incredible in terms of big saves, a big moments in games. Um, and at his age, to keep his, you know, professionalism and you know his attitude, you can see him sort of, um, you know, screaming and shouting at the back four, the standards that he likes in front of him. Yeah. Um, you know, I still think he should have come for that corner. Um, when, against, when Xander Clark yeah, <laughs> appeared alongside him, yeah. I still think as yeah. a goalkeeper, your responsibility is that six-yard area. If he's right in front of him. But apart from that, I can't think of him making a mistake really this season. I think he's been outstanding, in particular as well in the big the Celtic Rangers games as well, making crucial yeah, and, and you need that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you you need that. But you know, um, uh, what's it called? Um, Fraser Forster used to make them type yeah. of saves, you know, and then Arthur Boric used to make these type of saves. So you can go on about Gorham and McGregor, two great goalkeepers, but Celtic have had goalkeepers as well over the years, and that's when they go on and you win a trophy because, you know, you knock a team out because of the goalkeepers made a great well, you look save. At, you at look at last season's time. League Cup final. Yeah. Last season's League Cup final when Celtic were down to 10 men. And Fraser but, Forster, and yeah. but, but for Fraser Forster. Yeah. And it was obvious at the start of the season, after two or three games, they re- quickly realised Barkas wasn't going to replace Fraser Forster. Mm-hmm. Scott Bain is a good backup and will play nine a game, but he's not at the level of Fraser Forster. Suddenly you take that out of your team. 
I mean, talk about Celtic conceding goals from cross balls and from set plays. You have a presence in your box who comes and catches balls and punches things and relieves the pressure. So you incorporate that all in, you can see why Celtic haven't been as strong defensively. Well, you made the point earlier, Rob, you said they could be six or seven from Rangers. Oh, easily, that, yeah. that, that could, that could yeah. win. Yeah, really I mean, good. But yeah, I mean, McGregor, but for me, he would get my vote. Because when you think about it, the, the, the ones that the McGregor, uh, Tavernier, and Davis appear in both the Football Writers and the PFA Scotland, and it's a question of Kent for Goldson in today's nomination. Glenn Kamara, yeah, yeah, Barisic, um, yeah. I mean, you know, Ke- Kemar, Kemar Roof, you know, who scored about sixteen goals this season. Yeah. Under other circumstances, he would have been mm. he would have been in there. So it's it's not surprisingly uh, Rangers dominate. Can I, can I just throw into the the equation at the moment uh, as we switch subjects that uh, Man United have gone a goal down mm. at home to Leicester City mm. uh, at Old Trafford tonight, and not surprisingly, United who play Liverpool on Thursday uh, have put out a pretty weakened side tonight. They made a lot of changes, but Leicester are ahead, and of course the consequence of that result when it stayed that way tonight would be that Man City would be champions tonight because yeah, uh, Man United would. have got to win haven't they yeah well I think as well you look at the team I just said there on the team we've got a bit we're lucky we've got a big Sky Sports screen here in front of us on the show and uh, I don't recognise half of that Man United team mm. I think he's thrown a lot of the young players in there um, you know coming through the academy one or two of them and um, it's almost saying well there you go Leicester um, but also remember and, um, Leicester can get into the Champions League I think if they, if they finish third the automatic qualification for the Champions League yeah. which means a little bit more money and they're possibly looking at a centre forward who's playing in the East End of Glasgow yeah. goes by the name of Odson yeah. Edwards so that yeah. just further heightens their purse strings to come in and make a bid and potentially take him south it's not uh, over yet mind it's not over yet it's not, no, it's, <laughs> no, it's no, no, until the, not over the, until the, the fat lady, the fat lady sings um, <laughs> Leicester but, blew it last year didn't yeah. they as well yeah I think it, that was 10 minutes gone when I saw that scoreline Man U uh, nil Leicester won in the English Premier League tonight later on Southampton against Crystal Palace uh, but Gary back to back to Scottish football the conversation darts all over the place on this show as you well know of course uh, let's come back you mentioned the name of Odson Edouard earlier on I mean you were talking about top players this season where, where does he come in your thinking uh, in terms of his performance I think it's 22 goals he scored now isn't it yeah I mean you know everybody's saying he's had he's had a shocking season and his head's not been in it and yet he's he's clear at the top of the Premiership goals chart do you know what I mean I, I think he's actually five goals clear of uh, Alfredo Morelos so you know for, for me I just think he's still a class actor Listen, nobody's had a good season at Celtic. I think anybody can see that, but I think Edward's got that bit of class about him where he could go absolutely anywhere, I think. So, would, successful. So, so would you have him in your Player of the Season nominations? Would would, would Odson find a way in there for you? Yeah, like, absolutely. I, I think a, a Player of the Year nominations, I, I think there should be a mixture of players. I don't agree with, with just having four Rangers players in there because, you know, they've won the league. Um, you know, it's one trophy and nine for... Gerard and I just think that you know had they been more successful in the domestic cups then yeah you could you could possibly argue a case but you've got players like you know young Nisbet and and um Xander Clark in there as well kind of thing possibly that they that should have got in there. I think you should have players from other teams rather than just um yeah. rather than just 
Rangers who's, who's won the league We're just talking about Leicester City there and of course at the moment if you if you believe the rumour machine uh, Brendan Rodgers and Leicester are favourites uh, to sign Odson Edouard at the end of the season John do you see that as a do you see it seems to be English clubs that are being mentioned at the moment in terms of his future is is the, that the direction he's going in do you think and, and do you see Leicester as a realistic idea of where he might end up for next season? Well, I think we've all said in recent weeks, I think even Celtic fans are, are expecting him to leave um, on a big scale. You know, uh, he's been a great player for Celtic. Unfortunately, he hasn't been able to pick up any silverware this season. But as Gary said there, 22 goals is no mean feat. It's still, you know, personally, you know, a decent tally for him. Um, but I just think that money will money will decide in terms of Celtic will hold out in terms of who's going to pay... Much? How much, How much is he worth? I would say Leicester will put down twenty million for him. That's my opinion, yeah. and that would be probably paid up over a number of months. It could be fifteen up front with five of add-ons or whatever it may yeah. be, plus a big sell-on if he sell, moves on. Sell-on is a big part of you know, it now, isn't it? And you just wonder as well. You know, the English Premier League clubs might be slightly different, but you know, with the financial issues, Rob, and the financial losses of clubs over the last number of you know eighteen twenty months. You wonder, will the transfer fees be as high this year? Will it be based more on we'll pay it over a longer period of time or we'll give you a big sell-on because the money's drawn up, supporters mm. aren't in, you know, sponsors aren't paying as much. You wonder, will it have an effect somewhere? You think it has to in the transfer market. Yeah. Are you saying prices in England in. could go sensible? Well, <laughs> uh, well, they're still you know, ridiculously high. Know. They could drop to ridiculously high amounts yeah. as opposed to you know, incredible amounts what they are at the minute. But, um, but yeah. Celtic will certainly want to be maximising yeah. uh, what they get out of Odson Edouard what, once they and, and I think most people have come to the conclusion that that's it now for Odson Edouard he's done his stuff he's been spectacularly successful Absolutely. in Scottish football yeah. with Celtic and that's it now and, he can almost uh, go with everybody's blessing yeah you yeah. know um, because he's he's been a phenomenal striker since and, he's come from PSG he was a young boy remember when he when he arrived uh, what is it now? Is it his fourth season here? Four or five seasons? No, it's it's not five, certainly. Not four, four, three or four. He, he yeah. came a year on loan and then signed a four-year contract. So he must have a year left. So he's been here for four years. Yes. Yeah, four so, years. And he's been outstanding. He's yeah. been part of a successful team. And uh, and I don't think it's one of them where any Celtic fan would say, ah, oh, well, you came, blah, blah, blah. No, he's off. delivered, hasn't he? He's delivered and he's been a great player. And you reckon and, 20 million would be about right? Listen, it might be more, it might be a little bit less. I'm just giving a bit of a ballpark figure. And what, yeah. what you've got to understand is is that every club in the Premier League now have got fortunes. Yeah. It's, uh, that's because actually, of the TV that's money actually and Sky and everything actually, else, BT. It's small fry for a Leicester City, isn't no, it? Anybody, what, could, anybody could go and play it. Go and pay it. Southampton yeah. could, could pay it. You know, there's, there's, there's plenty of teams that could pay that yeah. type of money. So somebody might really, well, you're only as good as what people think that you're worth. Yeah. You know, one of the top four could come for him. The guy just said he feels yeah. he could he could see him playing for anybody really. And you know, he could go he can go to Europe. He might not go to in the Premier League. Yeah. The reason we are linking him with Leicester is because of the Brendan Rodgers connection. Brendan Rodgers yep. paid record money, broke the transfer record at Celtic for him from PSG as a young lad. Mm. And he's obviously a big fan and he did very well under yeah, Brendan. So sure that's did. that's why Leicester comes into the, the reckoning in terms of you know, going and buying him in the summer. Gary, we're about to run out of time again with you. Um, young player, what, what's your thought about young player of the season? Who would you be picking? 
Um, for me, David Turnbull. I know it sounds like I've just got my green tinted specs on. It does actually. <laughs> don't worry about that, Gary. Don't we've all got them. John Ross has got beer on in here as well. So <laughs> no, whoever listens to this, I've said Rangers team of the I've said Gerard's done well. I'm always uh, impartial. You know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I was a bit surprised. I must say that David Turnbull didn't win the the football writers' young player Josh Doig of Hibs, who who is a fantastic mm. prospect. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't take anything away from him, but but for me. Um, well, we, we were speaking about him. I don't know if you were listening earlier on the show when Craig's was talking about him in terms of Scotland and what he could do for Scotland at the Euros. So um, he, he's, I, I wonder, we haven't got the PFA nominations Nominees, yeah. yet. And, and Ali McCann of St. Johnson is he, another one that you were one, suggesting yeah, might be in he's there. He's one that jumps out for me. I just think he's gone under the radar a little bit, but that probably sums up St. Johnson as a club. Mm. That they go under the radar and people don't really notice what's going on. It isn't until they've actually made top six, have won the League Cup, and people are thinking, well, then the Scottish Cup final. You know, they've got players that are actually quite good. Yeah. You know, so Ali McCann for me is really going. I watched him make his debut for Northern Ireland earlier in the season as well. Didn't phase him, very accomplished. He, he just got on with his game and kept the game the exact same as what he plays for St. John's he played for Northern Ireland against Austria and against Romania uh, and, and certainly he's one for me that would be in the reckoning Good to have you on the show uh, Gary you've been on for a fair old chunk uh, I think we might, might have to pay your phone bill um, <laughs> on the back of that but uh, th- thanks thanks a lot for joining us Cheers guys Cheers, Cheers Gary. Good to have you thanks. on us That's Gary and the Gorbals and it is Glasgow's own Go Radio the football ch- show and we're talking more football after this The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Good to have Gary on the show and he prompted a feral discussion there. And we are at that stage of the season, aren't we? Uh, player of the season, young player of the season, manager of the season, team of the season, surprise of the season. And we got around uh, a fair bit of that in the last uh, little while. Uh, we've heard already uh, in the show from uh, John Kennedy, a little bit more to come from the interim Celtic manager, uh, Stephen Gerrard as well talking about fashion uh, Sakala the new signing uh, when it happened last week we had a, a Belgian journalist on the phone Peter Kint who was uh, raving about him talking about the sensational impact he'd made in Belgian football and uh, Stephen Gerrard some pre- pretty positive things to say about the new arrival or at least he will be an arrival in the summer for Rangers as they beef up the squad towards next season but of course we've spent a fair bit of the last hour and a half talking um, about this story and uh, the statement that confirms what we have been talking about. Uh, The Scottish FA say they have today received approval from UEFA to a revised proposal that will enable a limited number of supporters to attend the Scottish Cup final at Hampden Park on May 22. That's 11 days time. Um, The Scottish FA go on to say we've now made a submission to the Scottish Government for permission to increase the number of spectators uh, from the maximum 500 permitted under level 2 restrictions. Of course, that comes into play from next week. We are grateful to UEFA, uh, says a Scottish FA spokesman for removing the condition that required the final to be played behind closed doors after the postponement of the tie from May 8 to 22 due to the suspension of football during the second wave of the pandemic. Uh, They don't say anything briefly in these statements, you know. Uh, We're pleased that UEFA have now agreed to a proposed solution prior to Hampden Park hosting four matches each in front of 12,000 supporters as part of UEFA Euro 2020. We await a positive response from the Scottish Government and will communicate final confirmation of maximum supporter numbers with Hibs and St Johnston as soon as possible. Uh, Well, that's, yeah, that's an understatement, isn't it, to enable ticket sales to proceed and the number that's been flung at us so far um is 900 maybe something around that for the for the final cracks so but that was per club yeah 
So was eighteen hundred? No, I think in total, was it? Yeah, that's right. I think but, it was. I think that's, that's what that's the that's, that's the that's the rumor that's swirling yeah. around. Who knows what the number is going to be? Um, it's just very gratifying that there are going to be fans at the final. Well, it's relief because it was puzzling everybody how in the 22nd of May there'd be no fans allowed inside Hamden, albeit that UEFA had control of the stadium, but surely they would have wanted a test run. I've said that. So you go from having no fans on the 22nd of May to the what, to the 14th of June having 12,000. You mm. think, I mean, there's a bit of a, there's a, bit of a you know, difference there. So surely that should have been in the agenda immediately, whether that was the Scottish government trying to put pressure on, on the SFA to force UEFA into doing it. But thankfully the conclusion looks as if it's coming to a positive end and people will get back to doing what they love best, which is watching football, supporting the team, and two teams who could finish off an impressive season, Hibs finishing third in the league potentially, as well as Scottish, uh, Scottish Cup winners, and Jim Johnson top six League Cup winners, potential Scottish Cup winners, fantastic season, so it's great all round. And I think, as we were saying earlier in the show, John, as well, it, it's people power. That I mean, that's yeah. a phrase that's, that's come into play quite a lot in the last few weeks when you think about the European Super League and how quickly that collapsed, having yeah. shocked everybody when it, when it was first announced. Um, and the big reason for that was people power because basically, the you know, you're talking about managers and players within the clubs who yes. didn't want it. And certainly the fans of the clubs, well, they, they showed with their protests, some of them acceptable, some of them not so acceptable, uh, that the fans didn't want it and people power does work and, and pressure has paid off here as well, I think. I think it has. I think it has. And uh, as Craig's uh, just mentioned there, I think it's great for the for the supporters, but it's also really good for the players because the players want to play in front of supporters. You know, you talk about players going into empty, empty stadiums. People might say, listening to other, other supporters, ah, oh, well, you're on this much a week, you get paid well. You should be able to get yourself up for games but sometimes, you know, players are human beings and when they're playing in front of fans, all of a sudden the fans can, can lift the players, you know, because they know they're playing in front of a crowd. So all round, I think, is positive news. Stephen Gerrard's been talking uh, today about lots of things. Uh, in fact, we will talk about Colts and the fact that uh, it seems as if the Rangers and Celtic Colts teams will be allowed into the Lowland League uh, from next season. We'll talk about that in a bit. But he's also been talking about recruitment. Uh, Rangers, of course, well down that road now in terms of getting players bedded in for next season. One still to join. Um, but it sounds like he could make quite an impact as the man who's been uh, setting things alight in Belgian football this season, Fascist Fashion Sakala. Fashion Sakala is coming in after a productive season in Belgium. Um, he will make us a lot quicker, a lot more dynamic, um, and gives the team and the squad a lot more pace in the forward areas. So I'm really excited to work with him. There's potential there uh, uh, on a big scale. So that's an exciting one. Um, and there's other areas of the team and the squad that were actively, you know, in the background working towards. Uh, strengthening and come the Champions League qualifiers whether it's the third round or the fourth we will have a team and a squad ready to go and give it our best shot Yeah well the Champions League qualifiers uh, we've spoken about them already in relation to Celtic yeah. uh, and the, the amount of work John that Celtic have got to do to get ready for that but you can sense that Steven Gerrard is already putting lots of pieces in place I mean they're going to have suspension issues because they've got through a few players suspended and potentially players, Ryan yeah. Jack injured. So so that that is an issue, but they're already taking steps to, to bring in the likes of, well, Simpson and Wright, who've already featured for them, um, and this guy, Fashion Sakala, and he, and Stephen Gerrard there to, spoke about the, the impact he expects them to make. Yeah, and Fashion Sakala, he thinks he'll make the team quicker. Um, 
you just wonder with Fashion Sakala, he, he can play wide of a three. Uh, that's what the gentleman said who knows him very well, yeah. who's watched him. Um, but I think what Steven Gerrard wants and what he's getting, he's getting a luxury of options of good players. And that's what he wants. He wants competition for places. Now, you can't say Fashion Sakala will go straight into the team because look how good the team have yeah. been this season. Is he going to play before Kamara Roof? Is he going to play before Morelos? Mm. Haji? They've already got a competition in those attacking Absolutely areas. Absolutely right. Yeah. But what he's got is, Rob, he's, he's, he's got, you know, five, six in terms of players that can play as number 10s. They can play wide um, of, a, of, of, a, of a front three through the middle. And that's what he wants, and that's what he's getting because he's adding when Rangers are successful. Yeah, and that's what good, that's what Celtic have always done in the last nine or ten years. When Brendan Rodgers brought in Edward, they were already on four titles in a row, whatever it was. Steve Gerrard, he's looked at that sort of format, that style. That's what he wants, and he's yeah. getting it now. The key word he used there, Rob, sorry, was potential. Yeah, when you look at the likes of Joe Rebo. You know, in the open market, they probably couldn't afford to buy him, but they get him on a Bosman and get him up for a development fee. Uh, Scott Wright's the same. You get him from Aberdeen, there's potential there. Um, Jack Simpson, uh, Ryan Kemp is probably the same. Yes, they had to pay £7 million, but there was still potential. There was a bit of movement in him. And his well, transfer fee is almost doubled, if, if it's to be led to believe that Leeds want to pay £15 million. Offerbore is another one coming in from Bournemouth. Mm. And now Sakala's one. So they have to, they have to do their business early. If Rangers get involved in a bidding war with a team from the Premier League, even a team from the Championship, possibly a team in Europe, Rangers are probably going to lose out. So they have to do their business early, get in, get their contracts out, Champions League football this season, win the league next year potentially. Automatic Champions League the following season, players say, right, that's where I want to play. I want to play at the highest level possible. I want to expose myself. Plus, I've got a chance of playing, being successful, winning trophies. So that all starts to build. And I think the word potential is what they're looking for. And it underlines the scale of the challenge to Celtic, doesn't it, next season, when you hear what Rangers are doing. And Steven Gerrard sounds very happy with what he's doing so far in terms of recruitment. It's not just Steven Gerrard, it's a whole recruitment department. And of course, that, that Celtic, that's a department that has to be rebuilt, isn't it? Because yes. Nicky Hammond was head of football operations. He was effectively head of recruitment. He's gone. Yeah. So who's who's exactly. heading up that operation now? This is, these are, this is one issue, one situation that... Celtic find themselves, um, you know, behind, if you like, because Nicky Hammond left. Who's doing the recruitment now? We've got the Euros coming up in three and a half weeks. You'd think your recruitment officer, you know, whoever does the recruitment with his team of scouts will be watching a lot of the Euros to nick some, you know, young kids, you know, from you know, top players from different countries, um, European countries. As I said, I just think that Steven Gerrard's recruitment has gone and spotted Fashion Sakala and they've gone and got him. And, and that's what I'm saying. They do their work very early. So they may have to sell one player. There's a question for you. Which player do they sell? Stuart Robertson said pre-Christmas that Rangers mm. will have to sell likely one player. Do you think that might have changed since well, then? Do you think, you know, I mean, I know he said that. and, and You can't just keep... Your, your, you know, the books haven't changed. The books mm. are still the same. Your balance sheet's still the same. Your business model is still the same, which Stuart spoke about. Yeah. It's still the same. You know, they would have been able to predict back then what was going to happen in the summer, what was going to happen between now and the summer, what they were going to spend, what they're going to look to bring in. Yeah. At some stage, you know, your trade has to go the other way. Someone has to leave the football club. And the yeah. question would be, who? You know, who would bring in money? Not necessarily your best player, but somebody who would give yeah. you value for money. And well, the one I mentioned was Barisic, potentially, mm. or Glenn Kamara, potentially, because Glenn Kamara was due to sign a contract that was in contract negotiations pre-Christmas. And still here we are in May and nothing's happened. 
that would tell me somebody stalling somewhere, whether it's Rangers not meeting his demands or whether he's yeah. holding off thinking, let me do the Euros first and see where we are from there. So there's a little bit of ambiguity. I, I know that Barry Ferguson on this show has said that he doesn't, he, he thinks there's a a pretty strong chance Rangers won't sell anybody in terms of their major assets this summer as they focus on trying to qualify for the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you would have to say that Steven Gerrard, when he's asked for financial backing uh, since he's been at Rangers, he's got it. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe he's going to get further financial backing here into next season yeah. whereby Rangers don't have to sell anyone. Well, quite possibly. But also as well, if you look at Morelos... Um, being part of a winning season they just scored his first goals against Celtic um, he achieved things that he hasn't achieved you know in his previous years at Rangers but he might be looking at other strikers coming in you know Roof Fashion uh, Itzen you know Hadji can play there mm-hmm. and would he fancy a move elsewhere does he want to tr- test himself in a different league you know and uh, alright you know the Rangers fans might just think um, we'd still like to keep him as part of, of the group. But I don't think he's sort of hit the heights this season as much as he has done, you know, in previous seasons. Not in terms of goals, but I think he's become a better all-round player, hasn't he? Yeah, um, well, which is good for the Rangers team and good for Steven Gerrard. Mm. But for a selfish striker like John was one himself, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, yeah. want, they want their numbers, they want their goals. That's what attracts interest. That's what gets him the move and gets him the big money. Yeah. You know, so yes, he has added more to his game. How many strikers do you want, though? How many forward players mm. can you well, possibly that's what I mean. handle? Someone's going to have to leave somewhere, you know, you, John. Someone will got, have to leave. You've got three or four, you know, number 10 centre-forwards, yep. you know, vying for a place. All of a sudden, you, could, you, you need a defender on the bench, you need a midfield player as a sub, a sub-goalkeeper. I think Hadji could maybe go as well if he's not played as much this season as yeah. what he would like. He's not played as many bigger games, mm. so there's lots of debate to go on. And it could be the offer. If they get a ridiculous offer for, for Ryan Kent, then... Then they may well just have to, you know, just go. Well, as much as we want to keep him, this has blown it away. This this offer has blown us away yeah. as a football club. And he would certainly be their biggest I value player. I, I at think the he's moment. that good. I think yeah. he could play in the Premier League. Because Peter said, was it Peter Kent? Yes, he said last week that Sakala likes to play off the left. His best position is off the left. Yeah. And Ryan Kent, who's Rangers' yeah. best attacking player, likes yeah. to play off the left. So I'd be very surprised if yeah, you know. Listen, t- I, it would take I, a crazy I, I, offer. Yeah, I, I think. Agree, I agree with you. I'm just trying to. Yeah, no, no. I, play, I, I, I just want to play devil's advocate with you. Let, let's talk as well about developing talent, not just at Rangers but at Celtic as well. And with that in mind, of course, uh, there is this plan at the moment um, to get the old firm Colts teams into the Lowland League from next season. There has been opposition to it. It does look as if it's going to happen. Uh, and this is what Stephen Gerrard thinks about the subject. I think it'll be fantastic for, for everyone if people obviously decide not to think just about themselves. Um, if you're thinking about the, the country and, and Scotland and improving the national team um, on all levels, I think what we want is to give the kids a better chance to develop into better players. And um, I think if you can play against men earlier, if you can play for important points and give these kids more responsibility, uh, and put them in pressure situations and playing in front of more crowds and challenged. Um, I think that can only be for the benefit of the country. And across the city, this was John Kennedy. I've always been one who have been positive in terms of discussions in the past. I'm going back several years now. Um, I remember going back 10 years ago, going out to, to Spain and seeing how their B teams operated and, and how much gave them, you know, in terms of their players, the development side of things, the level of competition, the young players would be exposed to how much of a benefit it was to their development. I think it's the right way to go for me personally, you know, having a competitive games programme for young players, challenging them in a competitive environment against, you know, proper professionals, which is, is only good for their development. 
So, Craggs, is it going to happen and is it the right thing to happen? Well, <laughs> whether it happens or not, I, listen, it looks like it will happen. Whether it's the right thing or not, it depends who you listen to or it depends who you ask. Because what we will say is it was the lower and league clubs that approached Rangers and Celtic, by all accounts. It wasn't Rangers and Celtic going to the SPFL. It wasn't them initiating the, con uh, the contact and the talks. From someone who's worked with under 20 players, I think it's the right thing to do. And that's the thing I would like to have done. When I had discussions with Alan Burroughs, we were kind of... At, uh, at a crossroads with our young players I'm talking Jake Casey, David Turnbull Alan Campbell who was probably in the first team at the time thinking how do we get the best out of these players and if we could if we probably couldn't have afforded it at the time but Lowland League would have been a great option for us to go in and let the players play in our system in our setup. not loan one the air and one to Hamilton or that's not Hamilton or Air United and our bro don't loan them all out because you never really keep in contact with them you hear how they're playing and that's it but to have them under your jurisdiction your style of play your control watching them learn watching them grow watching them make mistakes you know, being not bullied on the pitch, but having to stand up to the physical battle of playing against men, that would have been ideal for the players of under 20 age. However, when you look at the South of Scotland League, uh, the East of Scotland League, the West of Scotland Football League, the junior teams, they're not happy. They feel as if these clubs are being parachuted in because of money. So depending on who you listen to, uh, it, it will depend on whether it's a good, a good idea or not. But for me personally, having worked in that, it's the ideal way to go. And maybe, John, it's a question of looking at the big picture for Scottish football. I mean, the, Stephen Gerrard certainly uh, explained that there in terms of how he sees it benefiting the Scotland team the, yeah. of, of the future because you're, you're basically uh, giving uh, the best young players in Scotland competitive football. Yeah, and sometimes you don't always get a good look at them in a match environment when they're at your club. You know, when they play maybe the odd bounce game or the old reserve team football. But when you put them in a competitive environment at another club, in the Lowland League, for example, then they could excel. They could excel at that level. And then they improve very quickly. And all of a sudden, then you get them back and then they're ready for your first team. It's all, it's, it's all about getting your players ready for the first team. Whether it's under-21s, under-19s, under-23s, ultimately, as a young footballer coming through, you want to get in that club's first team. And I think this is a great way to get them into the first team. And then, as you heard Stephen Gerrard saying, the young Scottish players then will go on and improve and possibly then, you know, make, make that national side. Talking of first-team football, big games tomorrow night in the Premiership. At six o'clock, Dundee United against Motherwell, Livingston at home to Rangers. Half past six for Celtic and St Johnston. 7.45 for Aberdeen against Hibs, the battle for third place prominent in that match. And of course, it's all about relegation as Kilmarnock play St Mirren and Ross County play Hamilton. More on that next. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Cheers, Chris. Stay there for a sec. <laughs> you don't think you're going to go get away that easily having delivered your mascot confession oh, yeah. off yeah. air and now you're going to deliver it on air. Tell us about the, <laughs> the day you were a mascot. Yeah, so probably back in 2001, I, I just joined a certain club's uh, kind of youth fan club um, and then all of a sudden next thing I know I'm the mascot for Celtic mm -hmm. uh, against Hibs start of December 3-0 win did I score? you did <laughs> I did I score 
I love that leading question. Don't be short, Robbie. You're not short. No, not at all. How many was it? 110? 110 <laughs> Celtic goals? I, sh- I should know. You've told me so many should times. Have been 112. Yeah, well, exactly. Chris, thanks a lot for the travel. Cheers, that's, team. Uh, that's Chris on the Go Radio Football Show on, with OPC Energy Limited. Rob McLean, John Hartson, and Stephen Cragen. Massive matches uh, tomorrow night, of course. A full programme in the Premiership. And it's uh, Rangers at Livingston. Here's the skipper. Um, I think they'll just be lost be tough on the night, obviously on an AstroTurf pitch. We know what required. Um, we prepared really well uh, during the week. You know, we'll just go there with our game plan and hopefully execute and get the three points. But like I said, if we, we go over there, do what we need to do, then, you know, we should come away with the three points. And at Celtic Park, it is uh, John Kennedy's team. He's still in charge for a couple of games against St Johnston. And how well are they doing at the moment? Yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be a tough game. You know, there'll be a team who'll be highly motivated because of the situation they're in. They're having a terrific season. You know, in terms of Callum's done a fantastic job there. The kind of stability he's brought there, the way they play. You know, they all know the rules very clearly. He's obviously went and won the, the League Cup. And he's got them into another cup final. So, terrific job by Callum. You know, he's got a real honest group of players there who work ever so hard to, to do their role in the team. Uh, and they've been successful at that this season. So, we expect you know, a tough game come tomorrow. Let's talk to Ryan, who's on the show as much as we are, I think, at the moment. Um, he is a regular contributor, mainly because St. Johnston keep winning cup ties, keep winning cups. And they're one game away from an amazing uh, cup double. Ryan, how are you? I'm good. How's yourself? Yeah, very well, thanks. Um, what were you thinking at the weekend? Uh, oh, absolutely jubilant. Stuff of dreams. Things that you, you think of uh, as a fan for St. Johnson that can never happen, but it's it's just a dream. It's it's happening and it's oh, it's unbelievable. What a season we're having. Yeah, amazing. Everything was in control. I thought they were well in the game. They were 2-0. They were comfortable. They then conceded that goal in injury time and it was like the panic station started. People who were making really good decisions were slashing the ball and hooking the ball. So it showed they're still human, Ryan. That's what it showed us. But St. Mirren had some chances, didn't they, in the game? I guess you were probably watching the game through your fingers at that stage. Uh, They had a couple of really good chances, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You see that the last five minutes of the game? Oh, my heart rate, my heart rate went through the roof. That was for sure. <laughs> but I mean, how would you explain what's what's possible here for St Johnston? The fact that now we're this game and there are going to be some fans, thankfully, inside the ground, which which must be like. Well, in fact, speak about that firstly, Ryan. The the prospect of some St Johnston fans being at this game and Hibs fans as well. I think it's amazing. I think this is as many of the the pundits have said. This is a showpiece at the end of the season. It's the every every team wants to compete in the Scottish Cup and it's good that fans are actually getting to go considering there's been fans at the snooker there's been fans at other stadiums across the world so why why are we being so reluctant to not let fans back even at a 52 am I right 52,000 seater stadium a yeah. couple of thousand in yeah. why not yeah, even socially distanced, it's got to be possible. And, and thankfully now it is looking possible uh, and it's going to happen. Um, and how do you feel about one game away from two trophies in the one season? And, and if you were to put, I guess if you were to put St Johnston in a budget league table, they'd probably be about eighth or ninth or tenth maybe mm. in that, in the, in, in the Scottish top flight. And yet here they are, Ryan, uh, on the brink mm. of having two trophies. Yeah, unbelievable. As I said, it's just it's just stuff of dreams. It's just, you just I can't put I can't put into words how amazing the team's done. 
um, the consistent performers performances as well. Um, I mean, to be at Rangers as well was unbelievable. Um, the season they're they're having, um, and then to get to the final is just. I mean, as you say, two trophies is just it's, it's unheard of. You know, it's well, when, when was the last team that done it? Was it Aberdeen the eighty nine ninety? Yeah, you think back. You have to go back to the eighties. Um, and, and how, how long was that? Thirty years ago. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, before before you were born, I would imagine, Ryan. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I was mean, just I'm born, Ryan. I was just about born then. Craig's was twenty. Craig's was twenty five. But what, what about what? I mean, you know, this remarkable achievement. And let's remind ourselves, it's Callum Davidson's first season in full time charge of the team. Craig's, it's amazing. Yeah, it is, and you know, John Kennedy spoke about it, saying he's got an honest bunch of boys. And I think you look through the St. Johnson team, and I said it during co-coms on Sunday that. You know, they maybe don't have top, top class individuals, but as a team, it works. The dynamic works, the spirit they have, the organisation, the structure, the players understanding the rules, and that comes from the manager. They're a team who are well coached. They have a freedom to play when they want, but out of possession, they're well coached. And what I've noticed is nothing phases them. You know, whether they win a cup or they're getting the semi-final, the beat Rangers, they're going for another cup, nothing faces them. They don't take their eye off the ball. They never get ahead of themselves. They're well-grounded because if they don't have that organisation, that work rate and that desire and determination, they become distinctly average. Yeah. That's their weakness then. But they haven't showed that. I think up prior to prior to the weekend, seven clean sheets in 11. They conceded four goals in 11 games ahead of the St. Marin game. Phenomenal return. And, you know, that's why we're speaking about Callum Davidson potentially being manager of the year and St. Johnson being the biggest surprise because they have been. This could be the, the best season in their history. Yep. For someone in their first year of management, a lot of credit to Callum Davidson, which means on the flip side, people are looking at the likes of Ali McCann, people are looking at the likes of uh, Callum Davidson to potentially take him somewhere else. But I'd say it also, St. Johnson have been a club over the years. Do you think of Owen Coyle started his managerial career there? Paul Sturrock, Derek McInnes, Derek McInnes uh, Tommy Wright, Steve Lomas, Callum Davidson they will just go out and get another one who will come in and do something similar. So it's a tremendous club to be at. We were just speaking about Colts, John, and we were speaking about players getting experience of of uh, competitive football. Yeah. That, I mean, that's exactly what St. Johnston have done, is they've loaned out maybe six or seven of that team at the weekend, played lower league football for a, for a half a season, a season, gathering experience, coming back. That's really succeeded for them. Well, it has, and uh, this is why you know Celtic and Rangers want to get involved in the Lowland uh, in the Lowland League to to improve their players, to get them playing in front of a little bit of a crowd. Steve Gerrard said playing against men rather than players of their own age. Um, but I just wanted to ask you, Ryan. I know you listen. You might show a little bit of biasness here, but um, yeah. having beaten Rangers on your on your on your way to to the Scottish Cup final, yes, you've got a tough game against Hibs. Hibs is a really good side and. They've done ever so well. Jack Ross has done great this season, I think. Do you feel um, if you were to win the Scottish Cup, that's two cups. It's not been done, as you said, for several, several years. Beating Rangers on the way there. Would would you really genuinely think that Callum Davidson would would have earned the trophy um, or deserved the trophy maybe more than Steven Gerrard on the back of the job that Steven Gerrard has done at Rangers. You sound a really sensible football guy. Um, oh, steady, steady. No, no, I'm just I'll saying, but, where would you really, where would you put, in, in terms of Callum Davidson's efforts this season, where, where would you put him? I think, being honest, I think, I think, um, because the manager, I think you guys said last week that the votes have already been done, so I think Gerard's going to tip it, but I think Davison's going to come second without without a shadow of a doubt. Well, he comes I mean, second. It's just a question of whether he comes first. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think <laughs> the, the the other inevitability about all of this 
is that forget the St. Johnston players because several of them are going to be big targets uh, for bigger clubs in the summer. But the manager um, is going to be in massive demand. I mean, and, and, and also from his point of view, I guess, Ryan, how do you outdo a season were he to land both cups? <laughs> You can't. I mean, the only thing we can go is go for league, and that's impossible. So. <laughs> <laughs> so Ryan, are you worried, you know? Ryan, that everybody is saying, "Oh, when St. Johnson win two cups and Callum Davidson, have we got a chance to win two cups?" Listen, Hibs are in the way here, and Hibs have had a fantastic season in their own right. Yeah, absolutely. Can't can't fault uh, Hibs. They're, they're your products as well. I mean, you've got Callum Doig and Josh uh, Doig. Josh Doig, yeah. sorry, Josh Doig, and you can't to them out uh, the way, but. Yeah, I would agree. If it's, um, as soon as your team comes to a final, if it's any of the your weird teams and bigger clubs are going to look at the, the star players, and I think um, we've seen reports that Celtic scouting Ali McCann, maybe Jason Kerr going to Rangers, or maybe even or maybe even Hibs. So um, ah, these things happen. It's it's part and parcel. I am I am worried, of course. I just hope that my my club doesn't take these um, doesn't let the players go on the cheap. That's for sure. Yeah, well, and, sorry, and, 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 and it's such a well-run club as well that you would imagine that is going to be the case. We're just about out of time, uh, Ryan. So thank you. Um, I'm sure you won't be on the show for another few days, but, uh, <laughs> but we'll, we'll have you back on soon when St. Johnston break you another record. Look after yourself. Yes, you too, guys. Cheers, all, right, all the best. Was it, was it Alan Stubbs yeah. who won the last um, Scottish Cup with Hibs? Am I right? Is yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, and the rumour machine has, has uh, Alan Stubbs potentially uh, linking up again with Leanne Dempster, who of course is the Queen's chief Park. executive at Queen's Park now, uh, who've parted company with Ray McKinnon. And uh, it may well be that Alan Stubbs returns to Scottish football management um, as the manager of Queen's Park. Uh, watch this space uh, for that one. Thanks a lot to John Hartson. Thanks a lot to Stephen Cragen as well. Craggs has got the jacket on. That's always a, a surefire sign. He's got the shorts on as well, but he's got the jacket on, uh, which usually means he's heading for the car park and it means we're coming to the end of the show. Massive matches uh, tomorrow night, of course, in the Premiership. Uh, playoff games tonight as well. And we are back tomorrow evening with another two hours of football chat live at five the go radio football show download the go radio app to listen live weeknights from five i'm joined now by gary from opc energy gary what a job you did out there today oh it was it was unbelievable you saw the customers faces when that boiler went in it was a really special moment and what about the overall performance Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. Go Radio and Macklin Motors Nissan are giving someone in Glasgow and the West the chance to win a brand new car. Oh, radio. We love Glasgow. Give us your five right. guesses. Vicky McClure, Martin Compton, Cy Ferry, Ella Henderson, Ollie from Years and Years. You can see the letter five. If you can identify the superstars, the car could be yours. Register to play at thisisgo.co.uk, then listen to Crofty and Grado tomorrow at 10 past 8 on Go Radio Breakfast with Macklin Motors Nissan. Book your appointment to discover the new cash cow. Cash Awesome. Superstars.